The 2022 fantasy football season has finally arrived. And with that comes the long-awaited season two of Football on the Rocks. This year, we will bring you every week our borderline fringe starters, our busts of the week, and our DK or DraftKings stacks that we like to make sure your millionaire team is ready to go. Don't forget, we'll always talk about our bourbon or beer just to make sure you're enjoying a glass or two. Without further ado, here's your show, Football on the Rocks. Hello and welcome to Football on the Rocks. I am Joe Niehoff, joined tonight by my brother Bobby. So, no John, no Caleb, no guest. You just got all Niehoff. <laughs> Ooh. Dangerous. Yeah. Warning, warning. Turn off the yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, look, look out. Look out. <laughs> yes. Well, as always, Bob, let's start with what you drink, what you got in your glass tonight. Um, I went back. So, uh, earlier this year, we talked about how dad had got the uh, August Shells Crowlers for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am opening the Deer brand tonight, which is the pre-prohibition style lager um, that they have made and kept forever, basically. Um, these lagers are a little bit bitter. They're pale lager. They're basically see-through. Um, you know, just clean refreshing a uh, little bit of grain that comes from like a corn uh, that they use in there um, but it is a tasty beer love it very good tonight i went a little different too so Brittany, my wife uh, and i opened a bottle of wine um, and when we did that you know for me it's it's hard to go back to bourbon but speaking of dad he is flying down to Georgia tomorrow Uh-oh. Uh-oh. to hang out for a whole week for Thanksgiving, the whole get up and all that fun stuff. Meet the twins. You get the drill. And uh, mom and dad will be here. So I got a bottle of Glenn Levitt. Nice. And after That's having awesome. a glass of wine, I opened a bottle of Glenn Levitt. So Glenn Levitt, uh, for those that don't, no, is a scotch, so it's not quite the bourbon uh, or whiskey that we traditionally talk about when we talk about it on, on the show. Um, but for me, uh, scotch is not, like, I'm not, like, a huge scotch guy. Like, doesn't, like, jump out at me like, oh, my God, I have to have scotch. You know, because there are pe- people who like scotch, that's, like, all they do. You know what I mean? So, hey, scotch, scotch. Scotch goes scotch, down, scotch, down yeah. into my belly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so anyway, so for me, when I do Glenn Levitt, uh, I put it on the rock and I let it sit, and I just give it a minute, um, and kind of let that that ice melt a little bit in there. Uh, and I've always liked a good scotch. It, to me, it's a little bit of a different flavoring, right? You know, they don't. There's not. I don't feel like there's as extreme as you get with bourbons. Like it can be very wide range. We talked about campfire last week, where that high west. It just it it's they just can really infuse flavors. A lot of times you're not going to get that with a bourbon. It's more meat, meaty as they call it, and and stuff like that. So a lot of people do scotches neat, 
again, like I said, I like mine with with the rock and let it get a little water and melt in there, and it, it's a, it's a good good old fashioned drink. So that's what I had tonight, and I'm still enjoying. But uh, let's get into some football. Nice. Yeah. So, I, was um, gonna, I was gonna say we we almost have to like record an extra spot with with the dad on. Um, he'll probably actually be a guest maybe on next week's podcast. Oh, not, not probably. He will be a guest. <laughs> and, the first and what he'll be probably discussing. Now, oh, now this is a good point. Fantasy football. Mom and dad, by the way, are a team in yep. the Garage League. A first was, place team. A first place team. I was talking to them earlier tonight, getting them, you know, as they're getting ready to come down here. I said they beat me last week. Um, to really kind of solidify their spot in first place. But anyway, they beat me and I said, gosh, I can't believe you beat me. And, and we were talking, I'm like, dad, you know what I realized is every five years, your team is good. He's like a cicada. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Elaborate on the analogy for me, Bobby. I love that. <laughs> well, like, like cicadas bury themselves underground and then they like emerge every 13 years or 17 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like dad does well, then he bar- he's buried at the bottom of the, the standings for a few years and then he reemerges. Yeah, and you know what it is for him? I, I And there's people that are probably listening right now that have this exact same problem. Dad will be overly obsessed with the people that were good the previous year. Uh-huh. So like a couple years back, dad had Mahomes and Tyreek Hill when they kind of blew on the scene and blew up. Right. So dad was yep. really good that year. Every year since dad has drafted Pat Mahomes. <laughs> yep. Not that it's a bad strategy, but Who's like he will, he will sacrifice everything and and get behind like he'll draft him first round third pick you know what i mean like holy cow this year he he had the number two overall pick yeah or wait yeah number three overall pick and he was disciplined he took delvin cook he took cook he went cook hill mahomes yeah like legit draft like you know like but, holy cow but the thing so the one the one thing that i i will have to say is that nobody at three goes dalvin cook when it went jonathan taylor one justin jefferson two that fair but that would have been a cmc pick 99 that, that's cmc that. that's uh, some people were taking eckler that yeah. high you know, something like that yeah. But he went down the cook. I mean, that, those are two homer picks. It, it shows you it's a homer draft. But, it, it, I mean, it's worked out for him. Uh, well, and, and I will say, uh, Delvin Cook was definitely the homer pick. I don't – I'm on the side that I don't necessarily believe that Justin Jefferson was a homer pick. I think he was actually a decent pick in the second. If you, it was a situation where if you wanted him, you'd take him there or you don't get him. Well, of course, but it's also a situation like if you – like he's the number one wide receiver, right? Yeah, and we said that. If he league. wasn't, it was either him or Cooper Cup. And if you yeah. felt like he was going to have a little bit more of a breakout, then, then yeah, you're going to go him anyway. So right. it, it was just a spot like if you want a wide receiver – you're taking him there or you're taking Cooper Cup. And if you just, you know, favored Jefferson, you're going to go JJ. Right. And so, so that actually transitions beautifully. I, I was hoping that you would go there. I set it up that way. 
Um, <laughs> let's say you. It's like we practiced. Uh, it's like we practiced, but we didn't. Um, it it goes to what do you do? You have Cooper Cup. He's carried you to this point in the season. More than likely, uh, if you have him, you're you're at least five hundred or better right yeah, now. Yeah, I agree. The hope is that you're probably seven and three, six and four, probably. Depends on what the rest of your team looks like and luck and all that kind of stuff. But let's say you're sitting teetering on that edge of the three through eight seed in a twelve team league. Depends on how things went. Um, otherwise, but what do you do? You want to know what I do? I'm not even kidding you. you is, I think I think it's a legit trade that should be offered in a lot of leagues. I I trade them straight up for OBJ. I think you are absolutely absurd. If I was offered a guy not on a team, now admittedly, he's coming somewhere is the is the premise at least. But I would laugh as I hit reject if I'm sitting there with Cooper Cup and somebody offered me a guy not on any team. So let's talk about that for a second, right? So I I understand if you have Cooper Cup, the concept of, well, he's only going to be out for four weeks, right? Mm -hmm. He had surgery on a high ankle sprain, and we know somebody else that's done the exact same thing. His name's Michael Thomas, and he hasn't played in two years. Yeah, but Michael Thomas is, uh, oh, he's not good. What? 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 I'm being he's, nice. he's, a, he's younger than I'm Cooper Cup, nice. first of all. He's, but when they did those. Are you trying to say that he's a wimp? Yeah, when, uh, that is exactly what I'm saying. But without but getting too, yeah. Um, but when they did those x-rays, they did that surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. on, on Cooper Cup. If if you listen, they actually uh, released some audio from it, um, just to kind of get a sense of what was going on, and you could just hear burk, 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 because uh, he's got some dog in him, and he's gonna fight back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he's okay, recover quick. So let me let me tell you the second point. Per, he's a very different breed of person. In terms yeah. of like the drive, and de- like I, I haven't seen the drive and desire out I, of Michael Thomas. I don't need you to bark anymore. Okay, at least if you're gonna bark to like say some guy's a dog, don't give me the bark, bark, bark. Give me the hoop, hoop. Yeah, <laughs> no, know, see, like no, Jesus. No, no, the thing is, the the barking was coming out of his ankle, but it came from his heart, so it oh. kind of got muffled. <laughs> Oh my god. It got muffled. Oh my god. Anyway, way. let me make a second point to what I said, right? So I, I'm looking at a guy who's literally healthy, just essentially needs to to be cleared and pick a team, which is why I say OBJ. Uh versus uh Cooper Cup in this particular situation where he is just fresh on a new injury required a minor surgery, let's be real. But it is a high ankle, which is historically very difficult to come back from. And not only come back from, but to be the same person on the football field inside of a four-week time frame. Guys, we're in week 11. You got 12, 13, and 14, and then you got playoffs. So we got four weeks, and then playoffs. And in the playoffs, you need him to be Cooper Cooper Cup all caps if you want to win the whole shit. 
if Cooper Cup is healthy, you are playing him. Yeah, I agree, but he's still not going to be Cooper Cup, all caps. But the last point I want to make before you say anything else is this. Let's fast forward four weeks. You're 13 weeks into the season. The Rams currently are like, what, three and six? Something like that. Yeah, they're not good. Let's say they lose the next four games. You're now a three and seven LA Rams. Are you really going to rush him back? That's a great. That's a great point. I'll give you that. Um, the only thing that I'm looking at is, I if I am trading Cooper Cup, I can get way better than Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know that you can. Like unless you're unless you're maneuvering some conversations. Oh, it's not that bad. Whatever. In today's day and age, when people can look up information. If they're smart and you're offering them Cooper Cup in a trade, you're you're not just gonna get him or give him away. Like it's just they're gonna look at him and be like, oh yeah, he's Cooper Cup. But I uh, noticed that they are saying he may not play the rest of the season. Like there's a chance. Uh, if you go on ESPN nowadays, what they do is Field Yates and uh, Stefania Bell um, have their show and. It's, all over the place, right? They talk mm-hmm. about it all, that kind of good stuff. You click on Cooper Cup right now, it goes straight to the video with Stefania Bell and Field Yates talking about the exact same thing I just said. What if he doesn't play because they're they're three and seven and there's no point in putting him back in the on the field with a high ankle sprain? Now, if the reverse is true, if they end up going on a run, they win two or three of the next four games, they're in the hunt. Yeah. You're not going to keep the guy off the field. Like they're not going to have a choice. But if they're three and seven, they'd be idiots to bring him back. Right. And while looking at their schedule, too, they got they got New Orleans, they got Kansas City. Those are two away games. And they got Seattle and Vegas at home. Yeah. That's their four games. They come back, they play Green Bay, who is a decent secondary. Uh, Denver, who's one of the best, if not the best defense in the second round of the playoffs. And they end with the Chargers. Yeah. So, like I said, I just don't like. I, in my opinion, and maybe I'm starting to sway you a little bit. I, you're not going to get the same guy, even when he comes back. If you can, and I threw out because I, the reason why I said OBJ is because I actually think that's a fair trade, right? If you have OBJ and you sit on your bench, you're not using him anyway. He's not going to come for another two weeks before he's even considered on a team he needs to pick a team to play on like so all these circumstances are very similar to what you're seeing in, in cooper cup yeah the difference is i like obj better because he will be fully healthy mm-hmm. and probably a key cog in whatever offense he goes to you know the, the teams are talking about right now are teams like the giants oh my god they need a freaking wide receiver more than anybody else other teams that are, are in that list is is the rams i mean he goes back to LA. That's not a not a bad spot with Cooper Cup out, and that would also, if he does go back to the Rams, that would also give the Rams the ability to say, you know what, Cooper, like we we aren't going to rush you back, even if we're yeah. in contention. Now so, we have a guy that can fill your hole, and we can wait until you know maybe the playoffs to really focus on getting you back on the field. Um, Green Bay Packers are in the mix for for him in some sense. The Minnesota Vikings have been told to be in the mix for some, like those are all teams where he immediately gets put in a situation where like 
he's as good as Cooper Cup, if Cooper Cup, and maybe not as good, but he's on, he's on the list of top, you know, fifteen to twenty wide receivers, and, and you're getting him for a guy that's injured and may not come back. Right, that that's your value is that if if Cooper Cup comes back at all, it's a bad trade for you. <laughs> I disagree with that. But, if Cooper Cup comes back, and is Cooper Cup all caps, which is even less like so like here let's talk about percentages right the, right now in my opinion i think the chance of him coming back and playing for your fantasy football team at the end of the season is at best 50-50 can we can we kind of agree on that sure let's go with that okay now him coming back and being the traditional cooper cup that we know for the entire stint that he'd be back is probably like 10%. Because that first week he's back, there's no way they're going to use him at a full workload. The second week he's back, they might use him as a little bit more, but he's not going to be nearly as explosive. The third week back now, he's maybe getting back into what he has always been, but still, you never know. Well, the the thing is, his his worst game that he didn't get hurt in, basically, so taking out last week's game where he got three points essentially um his worst game was a 16 point game against arizona against carolina otherwise he's scoring 22 plus 23 plus points yeah every single week when he's out there and almost as often scoring 25 or more only three times all season outside of last week uh included did he ever score less than 25 points which is absolutely absurd um he he's amazing when he's out there it's just a matter of will he come back and and that's the question and the other thing that we're looking at is we got other receivers that are coming back and we know that they're coming back so let's talk a little bit about them that's a good transition so yeah those guys why don't you start with one or two that you had on your mind well and so that's where we see like jamar chase is a couple of weeks maybe yet away, maybe not this week, but next week. And then uh, Marquise Brown is another receiver coming back maybe this week. They just activated him from the IR. He's coming back either this week or next week. Um, And those are two big-name wide receivers that can push you over over that hump the rest of the way here. Yeah, I agree. And I think they can be guys that that – to some degree, if you're, I would say like a guy like Chase, if you were trying to get him, this is the last week, right? Yeah. He's not going to play this week. He more likely isn't going to play le- next week. So those people that have him, if if they're kind of on that borderline, they're ready to, they need to make a win, whatever. They need a guy for two weeks. He's gotten more expensive now than maybe what he was. Yeah. But, but this is your last few weeks to have a chance of really getting him at an affordable price um, and and being able to play him when he's healthy. Uh, and, you know, and stay with Marquise Brown to an extent. But once Marquise Brown plays, well, what I'm curious about is, and maybe you can, you know, elaborate what you think on this a little bit, but but how is him coming back going to affect D-Hop? Right. How are they going to play to get – we have not yet seen that. I think that 
if you asked me this question last week, my answer would have been drastically different than this week, only because there's so many more targets that are going to be opened up with Ertz gone. Um, how much are they going to trust this little 22-year-old tight end coming in um, to try to fill Ertz's shoes here? I think they're going to rely a lot more heavily on uh, Brown and um, and Hopkins. I don't know that either gets too much affected by the one returning just for that factor alone. Um, I can agree with that. And I think, I think knowing that offense, they're just doing more four wide receiver sets and they're yeah. tied in when he's in, is just going to be blocking. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean that they won't sneak in a touchdown or two, but those are all things that, again, as you're looking at the construction of your team, this was always going to be a thing, by the way, for the people that went ahead and took uh, Marquise Brown or D hop, it was always going to be a question. How are they going to play? Is, is Brown well, going to be Christian Kirk? But I feel like Brown is a better right, that, player that's the, than Kirk. And... That's, the th- that, that's the thinking in it is that both of them are so good that you can't just double one of them. Yeah. The other one is just going to absolutely pick you apart if you try to do that. Yeah. And, um, and here's the thing. I don't think if you, if, if you think about last year, my opinion would be that Christian Kirk last year, and I, I don't I haven't looked at the stats, I'd be curious, but was was Kirk a top twenty-five wide receiver statistically in fantasy football? I believe he was he was he was very good last year. Yeah, see, and uh, what I remember with him he, is he'd have a really big week and then a really a really not big week, right? Yeah. You know, so like I, I feel like that's almost, you know, maybe a little bit more consistent is what you'll get with Marquise Brown. Um, than what 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 uh, Kirk was in that particular role, but but I don't know that you're gonna get something where you're super excited. This guy's gonna be my rock star, and he's gonna be great for me, you know, going through the remainder of the season, kind of thing. Yeah, but he's definitely gonna be a value add, no doubt. Ten, twelve points a week at a minimum. That's kind of what you're looking at, right? Um. Is, are we missing any other receivers coming back from injury? Because those those are the main guys I, that come to mind, at least on my end. Um, for I mean, OBJ, we've already kind of mentioned, uh, put him out there. One thing I wanted to touch on on this too was, you know, there's we're in two dynasty leagues, okay. If you have Cooper Cup, or if you don't have Cooper Cup. Is he somebody you're trading for in an attempt to, you know, make a run slash give away? If you have Cooper, are you giving him away to a contender, so to speak, and getting as many draft picks or I was going to say, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm trading him away, if I'm trading Cup away, I'm getting some, some high level draft picks for next year. Um, I mean, Cooper Cup in, in Dynasty is, you know, he's getting up there in age, but he is still Cooper Cup. Uh, well, but that's the point. Like I'm, we that, said, twenty-five plus piece. points. I, I've been talking about it from the get-go today. Is like again, if I have him in a dynasty league, I'm a little bit on edge about yeah, if, I, if I'm a how good he's going to be when he comes back. If I'm a contender this year, uh, going down the stretch, I maybe try to get him really cheap if I can. Yeah. Um, but if I'm the cup owner, I'm not taking a cheap offer. I'm taking a Hey, this is this is dynasty. He's still got a good amount of value. I should get a 
top 15 or so wide receiver and a, and a draft pick probably for him. I maybe am overvaluing him based off of his age, but that talent level, despite the age, still hasn't dropped. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to, I, I agree. to say no. I agree with that, and I think, like, you know, it's tough because on both sides it's a difficult conversation, but something yeah. I thought I'd bring it, up. And, and if I, if I am the <laughs> owner of – if I have Cooper Cup in any leagues, I am shopping him around to see if there is a receiver I can get in exchange. Um, especially if I'm right on that edge um, and I'm needing to make some wins now. If I'm in first, second, or third place and handily, easily, like sitting in a playoff spot where I can go two and two down the stretch, I'll probably, you know, take the, take the risk that Cooper Cup comes back and helps me in the second, and, uh, second round championship game if, if I can make it that far. Oh, that makes sense. Good. All right, let's move on. Next piece uh, for us. Any Is there any trades, anything you got going out there that you want to discuss and kind of talk through with people before we get into start sits uh, and people that we like for this week? Um, not so much that, but looking at uh, waiver wire, um, one guy that can potentially be a big-name guy down the stretch um, is this Christian Watson, who just kind of finally had his breakout game, three touchdowns, 107 yards um, on four catches only. Um, but if you look at the remainder of his schedule, he has a plus matchup here against Tennessee this week. He gets Philly, which is going to be his toughest game the rest of the season. Um, there's bye in week 14. They play against Chicago. A week before that, but then 15, 16, 17, all plus matchup plus matchups against the Rams at Miami and against Minnesota. Um, hopefully, if you're a guy that went out and grabbed Watson, you have a legit um, set it and forget it easy flex option the rest of the way, if not a wide receiver too. Um, and We'll see kind of what actually comes of that. But he was he had an 84% snap share prior to that. His biggest snap share was against Minnesota in week one where he, had, where he played two-thirds of the snaps. Um, he, he is able to uh, make that push. Wandale Robinson is another guy uh, at wide receiver. We're just kind of really hammering wide receivers here, but there really isn't anybody else that's emerged on the running back side necessarily, at least in my mind, um, that's worth that kind of pick up and, and stash and, and play really at this point in the, in the season. And so you're looking at those positions, trying to find someone to plug and play. And, and that's really where it's at. Yeah. I like that. Good, good deal. Um, all right, well, let's talk a little bit about starts and sits. I'm going to kind of kick us off with a sit, okay? I think what we'll do tonight, it, we are a little bit different than what we've been in the past, but I think it'd be fun to talk about, you know, four, four or five players total, maybe six, depending on how we feel about it. Uh, just guys that we either feel like are good starters this week um, that maybe typically wouldn't be looked at as a starting player or people that should sit this week that maybe typically wouldn't be looked at as somebody that should sit, right? So yeah. for me... I, I'm going to start with, and this may be, uh, this is somebody we haven't talked a whole lot about this year, but I'm going to start with Damian Pierce. Yeah. 
right now where he's at, if you look at what he's done for you as a fantasy owner, he's one of the more consistent running backs. He doesn't blow it out of the water. He's not getting you those big boom weeks. He's not getting you these bust weeks. He's pretty consistently somewhere between 12 to 20 points, right? This week he's playing against Washington, and everybody in the whole world just saw what Washington did against Philly, okay? Great game, played solid. But the one thing out of all things that Washington is actually pretty good at it's defending the run. So for me this week, if I have other options, he's somebody, if I, in other words, if it's a two running back league, I have three guys. I kind of pick and choose each week who I like, who I don't, etc. He's the one on the, he's the odd man out this week for me. Yeah. Um, if, and, and that's like, even if, uh, I don't know, even if my, my third guy, so to speak, is just, he's pretty good. Um, he's still somebody I'm, I'm looking at saying, okay, I, I'm still looking at sitting Pierce this week, playing against, uh, again, a very solid run defense in Washington. So, like, for example, if your third guy is, like, Najee Harris, I'm playing Najee Harris. Yeah, that, that's hard because Najee's kind of taking a backseat to even uh... – uh, other guys, honestly, but Harris and the Bengals are playing at Pittsburgh, yeah. uh, who's already a great run defense as it is. So that's that's not horrible. Hopefully, if you have Najee Harris, you've been able to get rid of him. He he's just been he's <laughs> you've been able to get rid of him. <laughs> well, yeah, he's no. just been brutal all year long. He's got really tough matchups. I mean, depending on like Najee Harris is a guy that if I'm in a guillotine league. I'm dropping them. Just sabotage drop. Someone's going to pick them up. Yeah. And, that's a, that's and a maybe start them. Make, yeah. And I pick them up in the GNT league. <laughs> yeah. And then, but I, and, yeah, honestly, though, I got them for like 30 bucks out of my budget, which was yeah. nothing. Right. You should have got them for zero. Um, and just he, he should be free. His best game, he had like 13 points. And that's with a touchdown. Like, He's just been brutal this year. I don't know what it is, but he just has been bad. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right, but here you don't know what it is. Pittsburgh's got the worst offensive line in the league. It's not even – It's. I mean, maybe the Rams are worse, but it's pretty brutal, dude. Right. The guy's getting every bit of volume you want. If you look at Najee Harris, he's probably averaged close to three receptions a game. He's averaged probably around, let's see, 12, 13, 15 carries maybe. Average 15 carries a game. Like he's getting every opportunity. And we're talking about a guy that last year was borderline rookie of the year offensively. Right. He has no games rushing with over 75 yards until last week against New Orleans where he got 99. But he had no catches, so he got you 9.9 points. Yeah. Exactly. Like just, just bad. Yeah. Um, so we talked about two players there, but well, that's my sit, right? So my sit again, going back to that Damian Pierce playing against a tough matchup against Washington. Um, and, and in a position where honestly, I don't know that they will be in the game. So and they could be, I mean, Washington's a good team, but they're not great. Uh, but good, yeah, but I they, just see it they, as a, as a trap game. Cause here's the thing. 
there's there's things going out there right now where where the other analysts are saying uh, Damian Pierce is getting into like significant fantasy relevance. You need to play him every week if you got him, kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and I just, I it's one of those things where that's, my that's analyst good. says don't start him, but the feeling also says like this is the guy I need to talk about. Yeah. Well, and and the point to that is purely opportunity. I mean, he's a here's a guy who has gotten over 20 carries four times this year, never yeah. been under 10 attempts rushing in a in a single game, um, and since their bye in week six, the fewest touches that he's had in the game is like 18. Yeah, like that's why they're saying, hey, just start this guy, play him. Especially, I mean, where you drafted him, you got him as a running back three. More than likely, um, so you have a maybe a little bit of a luxury on a tougher week to change him out for maybe a wide receiver that's come on. Um, but I, I mean, it's 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 hard to sit a guy with that volume of touches. Um, you you want to know what's funny about what you just said? Speaking of that volume of touches, with Catches and rushing attempts, he's virtually the exact same as Najee Harris. No, he's not. Uh, he's pretty damn close. No, he's not. I'm going to add it up while you talk about your guy. Okay. Um, I just – there's only one game all year long that Najee's gotten over 20 carries. The other one I already said had four games of 20-plus carries. I said including anyways. catches. But anyway, go ahead. Anyways. Um so, guy that I really like this week, um, and and really for the next few weeks is David Montgomery. Um, part of that is just because Khalil Herbert is went to IR, and so here we got a guy that for the next four weeks he's got Atlanta, he's got the Jets playing against Green Bay, and then they do go on a bye in week fourteen. But for those three weeks, you're gonna have a guy that is again touching the ball. 17 plus times a game. Um, they're gonna be just feeding him. There, uh, was it Ebert or something like that is, is the backup now. Um, they'll still utilize him, but not necessarily anywhere near to the degree that they utilized uh, Herbert. So it's gonna be less of a committee that way. Um, he's someone that can maybe get you that playoff push, get you in. And then kind of see where things go from there. They do have Philly, Buffalo, um, the the two weeks into the playoffs there. Um, so question marks abound at that point. But definitely like him. Um, guy that I'm kind of fading a little bit this week is James Conner. Going up, going up against the toughest uh, run defense in, in the league, uh, especially for fantasy. Yep, he came in, came back um, fully healthy against the Rams here. 21 carries, uh, 69 yards, three catches, and two touchdowns. But I don't know that that replicates uh, this week. It's their first time against San Francisco. They are starting a homestand here. Um, So I like him more so going forward than I do him this week specifically. Good. So uh, he has roughly, and the math was quick, so don't quote me on this, about 20 less touches. So if you take that over a 10-game 
That's two less per game. And and who I'm talking about is Damian Pierce versus Najee Harris. So they're not that far off, Bobby. They're that far off, Joey. One I mean, of them is two less touches again. No, no, they're the stats them is after after touching the ball. I agree, with you, but your argument was pure volume, right? Yeah, and that was my argument. Back was like, well, pure volume, shit. I mean, Najee still gets the volume, boys. He's just not getting the the yards. But anyway, my guy. So here's somebody I want everybody to watch. And we've already kind of mentioned him a little bit, but um, I'm not going to go too much in depth. But I actually think Allen Robinson for the Rams could be a phenomenal play coming into this upcoming week and moving forward. Um, but uh, but he's just a, a guy kind of on the list. I think one that uh, that's borderline that people have been frustrated with this year uh, that would be a good start this week is going to be DJ Moore. Um, so most people have been frustrated. He's had two good weeks. Period, right? This week is going up against a Baltimore team uh, that has not been very effective in general. Uh, I believe I noticed somewhere where they said that uh, what's his name at quarterback was is going to move out. It's going to go back to not that it's necessary. Peter Walker. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I I think in general opportunity is what we're looking at here for me. DJ Moore seems to be a, a startable player in a position where he's been a little bit frustrating for the most part in the season, just in a good matchup. I want to back up to the absurd statement that you made about Allen Robinson being good. Okay. Um, if he was good, he would have shown it already. Okay. Um, so let me look. Who, who else do the Rams have at wide receiver? Um Let's see. Give me. Uh, I'll go rest of the season. Do Van Jefferson versus Allen Robinson. Straight. All right. <laughs> Done. This who's the better wide receiver? Yep. I, I do. I kind of like this Squarnick guy as well. Um, but. If I have to name a guy, um, you know, give me Van Jefferson. I think he'll get some more of that deep play. Um, he scored a touchdown last week. Only had three targets, but um, he's been there a little bit longer, so I think he knows that offense. Could go with Squarnick because uh, he looks like Cooper Cup. <laughs> and so, so, like, he could get confused. But we're also <laughs> he could get who could get confused the quarterback or yeah, the Stafford. wide receiver Stafford <laughs> Stafford could go oh hey there's Cooper Cup oh wait no that's not Cooper Cup yeah and here's my view on it you can't imagine to me you can't say that Al Robinson who at one point in his career was a unbelievably looked at talented wide receiver can't figure it out right now I would also argue to say that his involvement and overall presence on the Rams team has been increasing over the last few weeks. So what I mean by that is this. So if you look back at the beginning of the season, he had two targets the first game, one catch for 12 yards. Then he had four catches, a decent game, 53 yards and a touchdown. Two catches, 23. Two catches, seven. Three catches, 12. Right? So 
after that three catches 12, he went five for 63, five for 54, another bad week in 324, and four for 44. So I, I think his usage, where they're, they're trying to figure out how to play him, use him, et cetera, I think is going to be a little bit. Number one, he's volume's going to go somewhere. I mean, Cooper Cup gets 12 to 15 targets a game. So you spread that out amongst the, the masses. That's that's Robinson's going from six targets to nine or ten targets if he just takes 30% of the targets that went to Cooper Cup. So I, I think there's going to just be an increased value for him moving forward. I, I I just disagree. I think again, if he was going to be something, he would have been it. Mm, I don't know. We'll see. All right, that's our start sits. You got a DK stack and DraftKings that you like for the week. Um, so one guy that I really like is actually pretty cheap uh, at wide receiver, um, and that is Wandale Robinson. He's actually under five thousand this year or this year, this week, um, and then stacking him. Um, with Daniel Jones. Okay, it's it's going to be a cheaper stack for you. I'm pulling up the exact amount um, as we speak. Daniel Jones is 5700, so that's not a bad stack, right? Um, they're going up against Detroit, who is the worst uh, against wide receivers and quarterbacks necessarily. Um, everything. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, you got some. Really good value there. Wandale Robinson. Um, yeah, he only had two receptions. Um, going back to going or in last week, but he's getting a lot more run. Um, they're getting him more and more involved as time goes on here. And I just like him kind of having a nice little breakout. What's nice then is that you can do that comeback with a Detroit wide receiver. Um, nobody better to use than. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown at that point or at that point. Uh, he is 7,200. He should still get uh, continue to have just massive target target load on him last week. Uh, 11 targets this is the third week in a row that he's had nine or more targets. Um, and he had 10 catches for 119. That was against Chicago, albeit, but he's just getting peppered. Um, so that is a nice stack with the comeback, and that's only going to cost, um, you'll, you'll have 32,500 left to create the rest of your lineup. Yeah, yeah. I like it. This week for me, um, I, I think this week after looking at just matchups, I'm, I'm favoring like spending a little bit more money on a quarterback. So the quarterbacks that I'm targeting this week are, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields, uh, maybe even Hurts, but I don't know quite about Hurts just yet. But anyway, those two, uh, Jackson and Fields, and honestly, um, I'm I'm stacking them with their tight ends. So we saw a little bit of kind of excitement, so to speak, finally come out of Cole Komet last week. Um, he is currently forty one hundred dollars. Uh, with a questionable tag, but I think his injury is nothing. Um, like a thigh bruise or some weird thing like that. But, dude, if you look at his last two weeks, five catches, 41 yards, two touchdowns. Last week, four catches, 74 yards, two touchdowns. The week before that, two catches, 11, one touchdown. 
So that whole rumor at the beginning of the year of this Cole Komet's going to be good, everybody should get up on a train, whatever, Cole Komet train, it's here, boys. <laughs> it is here and it is hot and heavy. So I like that. Um, the reason why I like it is because, again, your overall spent dollars is about 1200 or 12000 And you get a nice solid floor out of Justin Fields. Justin, yeah. For those that don't know, it's a homecoming game for him. He's born and raised in Atlanta. Uh, so you know he's going to show out a little bit. Um, at least, you know, at least he's going to come with a lot of excitement, energy, etc. And if you didn't know on DraftKings, the last four weeks, Justin Fields has gone 24.4, 26, 45, and 43. Yeah, last I checked, that is good. Yeah. I mean, that's good, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got five rushing touchdowns the last four weeks. Uh He had, he went 147, 178 the last two weeks rushing. And now he's playing against the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> whose defense is just brutal. I mean, if you look at Atlanta's defense, just statistically, I'm just looking at what DraftKings shows here. Total yards allowed per game is 31st at 399.5. Points allowed per game, 25, which is 29th in the NFL. Like, Justin Jefferson, if you don't know this already, scores every single time that the Chicago Bears score a touchdown. Right? I mean, literally, like he's, he's either the one running it in or he's throwing it to somebody. Oh, you said Justin Jefferson. Sorry, Justin Fields. Fields, <laughs> Fields scores every time that Chicago scores. Like, he either runs it in himself or he throws it to somebody. And that's – I'm being facetious. I know every once in a while Montgomery might score a touchdown, but you get the idea, right? So yeah. if I know that, the you know, there's potentially going to be 25 points scored or more by that offense, he's coming home, playing in front of friends and family. Like, you start adding this all up, I think it's a great week for Justin Fields and a good person to look at stacking. Yeah. No, I, I love it. I love that uh, – it's actually really exciting to see him be who people thought he would be. Um, yeah. and it's, it, this this all kind of came about after that bye week. Um, after that, well, game. They, they finally opened up the offense to him, right? I mean, he's got some designed runs, but he's also got a lot that he just kind of uh, they let him, you know, kind of do his thing. Like, hey, yeah. lane's open, take it. If not, somebody's open downfield, throw it to him. And don't be afraid. Like, if you look at his stats the last couple of weeks, just as a, a side note to this, right? So he's he's got he's thrown more touchdowns the last couple of weeks than what you've seen. But he's got an interception. He threw an interception last week against Detroit. Um, he threw an interception a couple of weeks back against New England and Washington. It's like they're letting him kind of let it rip, and they're not punishing him for that. Right. Well, and – you're seeing that a little bit more and more this these days um, that people, coaches are a little bit more like, hey, as long as you didn't make like an absolutely asinine decision with throwing the ball when or where you did, yep. we're not going to ding you for that. Yeah. Like, 
as long as you're being, you know, calculatedly careless with the ball in a sense, um, (laughs) we're not going to be all up on you about making a mistake. And maybe there is something to Justin Fields. We'll see. I don't know. It's definitely not going to be enough for them to do anything for this season. Um, There's just too much adversity that they're up against yet um, in that win-loss column, really. But there is something to be said about what's there for for them going forward. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. All right, well, you got anything else you want to add for the night, Bob? Uh, No, I don't think I do. Um, I think we're in a good spot tonight. This is fun. Yeah, it's always fun. I always enjoy it. I'm glad when we get a chance to do these and – uh, you know, in my opinion, we just got to keep getting our butts on this and make it happen. I think the listeners, when they hear us, have enjoyed it. I've gotten a lot of good feedback as the years have gone on, or as the weeks have gone on. I shouldn't say years, it's only year two. So, um, so yeah, I have nothing else for tonight. I enjoyed it. I appreciate your time, my brother. I will see you next week with Dad in tow. And uh, for those that don't know, if you had fun listening to us tonight, because I think the very beginning of this, if nothing else, is actually kind of fun and a lot of fun, uh, pretty funny. But uh, dad will undoubtedly be some kind of comedic humor, whether or not he says a word.